0: Back to normal. Maybe I can get back into my rhythm. Who can tell? Combat radio signal is blaring. <laughs> one hundred of blaring power coming your way. And the GS Plumbing Talk line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is seven one three zero seven. Streaming live on the W O R D Facebook page, and of course podcast is available at on the free Odyssey app. This past Wednesday, there was an article published by NBC News, which is, this actually goes back to before, when, uh, right before Trump became president. Apparently, the teens of the nation are said to be overwhelmingly depressed, and they're hitting the emergency rooms at, at a very very regular rate. Dr. Dave, Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Mosen Sajanad said the scope of this problem is really great, but our ability to to solve it is not there. Dr. Willow Jenkins, medical director of emergency and consultation liaison psychiatry at Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. She said the number of kids seeking psychiatric emergency care in her ER has grown from approximately 30 a month in recent days to 30 a day. The bulk of these children are coming in with depression, anxiety, and trauma. And all of this is down to the smartphone, especially teen girls. Almost three in five teenage girls reported feeling so persistently sad or hopeless almost every day for at least two weeks in a row during the previous year that they stopped regular activities. They also fared worse in other measures with higher rates of alcohol and drug use than boys and higher levels of being electronically bullied. 13% had attempted suicide during the past year compared to 7% of boys. And uh, there's a little bit of a political element in this because most of these teens struggling the most turn out to be the leftist progressive teens. Even the New York Times noticed this, Michelle Goldberg initially planned to write an article about this trend claiming that Trump was driving progressive teens crazy, but then she found out that was not actually what was happening because this has been building up since Trump, before Trump was president. And that's because everybody's famous now. Everybody's, everybody's important now. Everybody has followers now. And if you don't have followers, Well, you're just not relevant, right? And if there's any children listening to me today, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you a truth that nobody's ever going to. T- well, maybe your parents are going to tell you. I hope they do. Here's the truth: Where you at right now today is a Polaroid snapshot of your life. Most of the, uh, you know, most of your, uh, and I don't know how it's going to work out today. I'll tell you this: in my graduating class most of the people that we thought were going to be the bomb turned out not to be most of the people that we had no idea what they were going to become they turned out to be something altogether great and uh you know this 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 uh a lot of this stuff it comes down to, this is the 21st century version of the click you know you had the you had went in when are in the 70s you know in the, in the 60s you had the you had the cool kids you had First of all, you just had the, the good-looking girls and the, and the cheerleaders. And they, all, they had all the boyfriends that played football and baseball, and most of the guys that played, most guys played every sport that there was. So they were very much involved with them, and then there was everybody else, right? There were some people that were, were the smart kids, and there were some people that were the outcast kids. That was the 20th century version of social media, but it was all quite compartmentalized, and it happened in your school. And at some point, sometimes, those uncool kids, they would do something that would highlight how special they might be. They would actually turn out to be quite the titan when it comes to certain things. Now, life is complicated. But, You've got to get out there. Not everything is a catastrophe. People who are paralyzed by anxiety or depression aren't usually totally untethered from reality. They are worried or sad or angry about real things. But instead of changing the things they can change, they're dwelling unpredictably. And the problems just sit there and fester. Then, uh, there's somebody, Angela Nagel, she wrote on Tumblr. There was a culture that was encouraged on Tumblr, which was to be able to describe your unique, non-normative self. And that's to some extent a feature of modern society anyway. But it was taken to such an extreme that people to describe this as the snowflake, referring to the idea that each snowflake is unique. The person who constructs a totally kind of boutique identity for themselves, and then guards that identity in a very, very sensitive way and reacts in an enraged way, when anyone does not respect the uniqueness of their identity. And these children began to, they started getting fragile. And they could be harmed by books and words. They were told books were a form of violence. And they they were told to believe that their emotion was a reliable guide to reality. And they came to see societies comprised of victims and oppressors, good people and bad people. And these young progressives came to believe that their oppressors, those doing the harm, should be punished to make the harm stop. So now you have this online culture war between edge lords and snowflakes, which forms a new progressive worldview. And that worldview spreads and breaks out in the form of online mobbing and cancel culture. On the right, you have lonely, discouraged men who wind up turning to guys like Jordan Peterson or, in some cases, Andrew Tate for advice. And their most extreme. At their most extreme, they would become an angry incel. But it, all of this stuff that happens when you're young, all of that is temporary. Young ladies, you don't. Know, everything is a catastrophe, and not everything is a crisis. There's no. You're not going to be harmed all the time and you don't have to seek out well i i guess you do because you're so fragile but going to the er for a mental health crisis on any given day that didn't happen in the 60s and the 70s and i have to wonder if the part of the problem here is that boys and girls both spend too much time being cultured into these opposing identity groups online and too little time being awkward teens Meeting the opposite sex in the real world. And maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, nowadays when I hear about young people, I first of all, they'll tell me, "Well, this dating app sucks. Dating app <laughs> how, how do you meet somebody that you want to date on a dating app? It's been awkward forever, kids. It is part of growing up. Put down your phone, stick them in your pocket. They, you can make phone calls and texts on it, but it's not your life. And it's certainly not a reflection of who you are or what you are or the value that you have. You've got an entire metal layer of social media commentary floating along top of all of that teen angst and confusion that you're going to have anyway. So you've got to figure out how to push that aside. We used to, in the 70s, we'd pass notes, right? And the worst thing would happen to you if, like, I'm a guy and I'm passing a note to the really pretty girl in class is if they all read it and they, they might laugh at me and it might be embarrassing. But to me, and, you know, some of you are going to scream at this one, I kind of think taking the phones and the social media away from young teens might be a good idea. They shouldn't be going to the hospital with mental health issues. It's tough enough to be a kid already. Look at all the stuff that has been heaped upon them. This is an unforced error brought about by technology that should have made us great. When we gift a phone to a child, we're actually giving them all of the known information out there. But look at how it's being used. Speaking of looking at how it's being used, I know a lot of you think that the big bad government guys are going to come rolling in on you. Well, they were training to do that the other day, and oh my, they had a mishap. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, you know, I keep hearing about how this is going to happen and how that's going to happen whenever somebody's wanting to tell me they're coming for us. And then I find out about how they tra- they're training to do it. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. And uh, we find this. An IRA, the IRS was doing a uh, a training exercise, a live fire exercise, which is always dicey. And they were doing it at a Bureau of Prisons training facility. Now, the conjecture here, because we don't know the true story, um, I kind of think they were probably when so when you're getting ready to go through a door, they I think they do this thing, I think it's called stacking. You do a stack up and everybody lets everybody know they're getting ready to go. But you got, you know, you got a guy in front of you, you got a weapon up, and then you got a guy behind you, and he's got a weapon up and Apparently, one of these guys with a weapon up shot another one of the guys, and he died in training. These are the CID investigators for uh, IRS. Uh, I can't imagine uh, um, what, you know, what kind of a scenario that they would actually be employed in. I've never, I mean, has anybody out there ever heard of the IRS CID SWAT team rolling in and doing something? I I haven't. They released a, a statement. We're aware of an incident involving one of our special agents that occurred during a routine training exercise at the Federal Correctional Institution Phoenix firing range. The agent was immediately taken to Honor Health Deer Valley Medical Center to be treated for the injury. He passed away shortly after arriving at the hospital, which is a euphemism, uh, for he, he was shot and killed. The incident is under investigation. Our concern today is for the agent and their family. The FBI has been called to take a look at this, which doesn't that just fill you? I'm sure it would. It fills me full of uh, all kinds of confidence that the FIB is coming in there. Uh, we get this. The FBI's Phoenix field office is conducting an investigation surrounding the death of an IRS special agent today that occurred at the Federal Correctional Institute Phoenix firing range. While it is on Bureau of Prison's grounds, an interagency agreement allows for other law enforcement agencies to use the facility for training purposes. Today, the IRS was at the range for routine training to preserve the integrity and the capability of the investigation. Blah 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 blah. Now, of the eighty-seven thousand they're looking to hire, which they're still having trouble hiring them, uh, supposedly only two hundred and forty-nine of these guys will be armed. Uh, And so I I don't know if this is part of this, but these are the, you know, here's the thing about the IRS and, and their armed agents. They got inspected by an inspector general and they found that special agents not properly trained in the use of firearms could endanger the public as well as their fellow special agents and expose the IRS to possible litigation over injuries or damages. And the, it turns out the agency itself, which they have more armed people than the ATF, they have a very long and poor track record of misusing service weapons and ensuring agents receive the required firearms training. In fact, you're not supposed to they're not supposed to be able to carry a weapon unless they qualify. And in some cases, they fail to qualify. And uh, I'm being told no one uses the stack anymore. It's been so long since I did tactics, dude. I, I, that doesn't surprise me. What do they use now if they're not using the stack? What are they using? I'm just curious. According to a report by the Treasury Inspector General, according to documentation provided by all 26 CI field offices, the NCITA and the TIGTAOI, there are a total of eight firearm discharges classified as intentional use of force incidents and 11 discharges classified as accidental during fiscal years 2009 through 2011. So they fired their weapon accidentally, negligently, more than they used the weapon in the field, righteously. And they also found that some of these guys did not meet all the training or qualification requirements. Field office management did not always take the consistent and appropriate action when a special agent failed to meet the requirements because of the guidance is vague. In addition, there's no national level review of firearms training records to ensure that all special agents meet the qualification ref- requirements. If you don't qualify, you shouldn't be allowed to carry the gun. Simple. I mean, that means you go you go to the range, you don't shoot yourself in the foot, you put everything where it's supposed to be as far as rounds going down range, and then you carry the gun. And then, see, one of the reasons you, like uh, right now, SIG, SIG hour, they're under all this stuff about these guns that just fire in the holster. And the thing about this is if you're a cop and you have a negligent discharge and law enforcement, if you're out there listening and I'm wrong about this, am I wrong? If you have a negligent discharge with your weapon, somebody in your chain of command is going to have a little chat with you at the very least, if you don't get some days off and a few other things. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? about that i i could be i could be wrong so uh you know looking at the irs i mean not only are they incompetent they 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 can't even carry the weapon without shooting themselves (laughs) and you have to train it 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 is fine to train with uh with with lasers and and blanks and force-on-force ammunition which i don't remember what they call that stuff but um It's fine to train with all these individual things and everything, but there's nothing like live fire. Which, of course, you can't do against other people. You have to train like you're doing it against other people. And then when the time comes where you're doing it against other people, you have to be very calm and very cool and collected about about it. But that's almost nearly impossible because of, you know, what's going through you, the adrenaline dump. These guys can't even handle it when they're not in the middle of an adrenaline dump. They're just out there, hey, what are we doing after this? Yeah, how about focus on the task? You got live rounds in that weapon there, pal. I'm not worried about the beer we're going to have afterwards right now. I want to know what we're going to do with this weapon. With that, You got live rounds and you're in the proximity of my lower back. I just, this this is not funny because somebody lost their life. And this is not funny because probably other people have been shot negligently. Uh, The other thing that I see them doing on a regular basis in New York, for example, with the NYPD, those guys do not, they're not like hiring from Greenville, South Carolina or Spartanburg, South Carolina or Anderson, South Carolina or anywhere in North Carolina. It's not like that because probably whoever you might hire has been familiarized with a weapon at some time in, in their life up to this point. They're drawing from a bunch of people that have never held weapons. And so they have the New York trigger, which is 12 pounds, 12-pound 12 trigger pull. And the gun itself only weighs four pounds when it's loaded. And then you hear about these things where they get out there and they're shooting at one guy and they shoot seven civilians accidentally because of that trigger pull. What are we doing? What what kind of people are we putting out here with guns? With law enforcement? We're, we're setting these guys in a lot of cases up. We're setting them up to fail. We're taking either, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, you know, I sit back and, gosh, I can't stand this stuff, you know? seminitions. thank you very much. The seminitions, The big bad government machine that we all think is out there. They'd probably shoot themselves on the way of the door, but who can tell? China. Yeah, they've stolen a lot of our technology. They've also, they've also managed to steal our method of bookkeeping as well. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. This is News Talk 98.9 W.O.R.D. One of the other boogeymen out there is China, except, you know, most of us don't get the Chinese news. I certainly don't. So I don't know what's going on there on a daily basis. But, you know, if you look, it's sort of interesting. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available, yes it is, on the free Odyssey app in um <laughs> uh they they have a real estate firm Country Garden in China which is estimated to owe buyers as many as 1 million new apartments they're not building them and they're weeks away from defaulting on loans then Evergrande another property giant has filed for bankruptcy protection chapter 15 in why they filed for this in a U.S. court, I don't know. Evergrande is the world's most indebted property developer, and they defaulted in 2021 and announced an offshore debt restructuring program in March. Trading in shares has been suspended since March of 2022. In July, they posted a combined loss of $81 billion over the past two years after struggling to finish product uh, projects and replay, repay suppliers and lenders that's a whole lot of failure i mean 81 billion dollars the real concern now is that the problems in the real estate sector will spread to the rest of the economy yeah it will because because everybody's in everything is very complex nowadays there's nobody out there that just makes toilets for example Everybody that makes toilets probably has a 401k, and they have shares in, in various things that they don't know about. They're, they're operating with a trust or a fund, right? Like Zongrong Trust, which manages $87 billion worth of funds for corporate clients and wealthy individuals. They're one of thousands of wealth management firms in China that offer a very high return to investors. They are considered part of the shadow banking industry, a sector that forms an important source of finance in China. Well, <laughs> despite the fact that they don't let things like TikTok and Facebook exist, they do have apps there, uh, not, not in the forms that they exist here, for example, but, uh, of course, because humanity finds a way, um, well, they're finding a way, like social media app yin or WeChat. One video posted on WeChat, which was later deleted, showed a man dressed in the red vest and blazing with a Zongrong logo using a bullhorn to speak to the agitated group outside the company's office. And he said, let me explain. We can't make any public announcement now. The main reason is that we're still actively checking our underlying assets and we're trying our best to recover the assets for you. Now, if we disclose the underlying assets for a certain product, it might cause a dramatic shrinking of the assets. We can't do this because this is being irresponsible. This even caused protests in Beijing. But every time there's a protest in Beijing, twice as many police show up as there are protesters. But any time people are protesting in China, you know the situation has got to be bad. In a police state, any form of protest is liable to result in a visit from the police reminding you that public disruptions are ground for arrest. Wow, that sounds a lot like here, doesn't it? Huh. Um, and then we find out investors who put money into the troubled financial giant Zhong Zi, Said security police had visited them at their homes this week, urging them to avoid public protests. Investors who received the visits came from a wide area of China, including from Beijing. For years, there have been protests by investors who've lost money in failed companies, which are quickly shut down by police. <laughs> and... uh Willie Lamb, a senior fellow at the Jamestown Foundation, said uh, that there could be outbursts of discontent and street protests, but these would not be sufficient to present a lethal threat to the regime. Still, it looks like a slow but relentless economic deterioration. If you use the metaphor of a cancer spreading, China is still a 10-foot tall giant, but the cancer cells are spreading, and it will be a messy situation. The problem Is that as many of the Xi Jinping Jinping stormtroopers that are out there, they can keep people off the street, but they can't control their anger that will build if this continues to spread. And then we have this, there was an update to this report, you know, that was interesting. And this is one part of China's economy that has always been profitable the outright threat of material from foreign companies who are far ahead of Chinese competitors. And we get the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, the FBI, and the Air Force issued a new advisory to American companies Friday morning. Their warning to industry said that uh, the broad warning said that foreign intelligence services could be targeting space firms, their employees, and the contractors that serve these companies. Space companies' data and intellectual property could be at risk from attempts to break into computer networks, according to moles placed inside companies in foreign infiltration. They also said foreign intelligence entities recognize the importance of the commercial space industry to the U.S. economy and national security, including the growing dependence of critical infrastructure on space-based assets. They see U.S. space-related innovation and assets as potential threats as well as valuable opportunities to acquire vital technologies and expertise. So, in other words, they're looking at SpaceX and Blue Origin and half a dozen other commercial spaceflight companies. And when are we going to see the nearly identical Chinese rocket to SpaceX's Falcon 9? But then there's the young people. The young people are always the the gist of the issue. And the Chinese Communist Party is held on to power partly through an implicit bargain with its citizenry. Sacrifice your freedom, and exchange will guarantee ever rising living standards. And that's not holding up for today's youth. Until recently, the Chinese young people seemed poised to take on the world, and many of them appeared to believe they would. Very hyper nationalistic, stoked by the country's leadership and reinforced by the growing economic and geopolitical strength. But as Gen Z came of age in the wake of the country's accession to the World Trade Organization, you know, that sluggish recovery across the West that suggested China and its citizens had nowhere to go but up. But unemployment for youth has been climbing all year. And the jobless rate for people ages 16 to 24 is at 21.3% in June of this year in China. So this, this week, the government suspended the data series altogether. Now nobody knows how many people are unemployed in China. And young people who do find work are often subject to grueling 72-hour work weeks and burnout. Many 20-somethings are dropping their careers to become full-time children, meaning they're exiting the formal job market and, and receiving a stipend from their parents to focus on chores and other duties at the house. And maybe this is one reason they're so quick on this. The memory of Tiananmen Square may be forbidden online, but it's still out there. Very interesting. China is not exactly, uh, they're not exactly uh, cooking it right now, are they? Not exactly at all. Nikki out there, Nikki Haley, uh, you know, let's have another. uh, I I think this is going to be my last time I talk about Nikki, okay? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. There's a lot of reasons to vote for somebody. A lot of reasons. If I were to run for office, one of the only things I would not say about why you should vote for me is, I'm a really cool, bald dude. But that is, you know, that's my male version of basically what Nikki Haley's doing right now. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and Podcast, of course, is available on the free Odyssey app. Nikki Haley, the the more I look at this, the more I begin to believe that, you know, during the Tea Party time, there were some people that were just uh, in the right place at the right time, and that would be Nikki Haley. She was in the right place at the right time. She's never done anything. When I look at what she's done in her political life, she's never done anything that I consider to be conservative. Sorry. She... Likes foreign war funding. She's okay with corporate cultural assault. And then there's the fact that she's a female. Like that's somehow an accomplishment. I'm a woman. A mom. A wife. That she was born Indian. I'm a minority first. I'm as diverse as it gets. So what? (laughs) I see that a lot in in the 2A movement. I've had people come up to me and say, you should support me because I'm a woman. And I've just looked at him and said, well, what have you done? Haley currently polls nationally less than 5%, and it's the same in early Republican primary states, Iowa and New Hampshire. So we don't have tons of, uh, you know, there aren't tons of reasons to spend time thinking about her. But what's interesting is that here's a Republican who thinks that they're, is something to gain from the party's voters by rubbing their faces in the I.D. politics route. And have you ever in your lifetime sat back and thought, well, you know, we need more I.D. politics? It's only interesting to the extent that the ethnic minorities and the women who run for offices of Republicans are contrary to what the racist media puts out there on a regular basis. And outside of that, it has no meaning, and it has no bearing. Now she wants to see more war between Ukraine and Russia, and you're now disqualified ambassador. Uh, She also wants to undermine the only Republican senator trying to uphold the law that abortions not be funded with taxpayer money, that being Tuberville, and she wants to cede authority to corporations that promote gross left-wing social causes, that being Disney. And it's only a bonus that she thinks there's something novel or compelling about uh, being a non-white woman. And then when uh, she was asked about the first GOP presidential debate, she said the fellows are going to do what they're going to do because she's a boss chick. She walked around and, and she's making, you know, the whole her prime thing. Underestimate me. That'll be fun. So you get it? She's a woman, and she's in the primary up against nothing but men, and she's a minority. Doesn't this sound like Elizabeth Warren or Kamala or Hillary? She she responded to one question, declaring herself a minority first, and she threw in that minorities are smart, and she's, you know, definitely you know that whole Don Lemon thing. Past her prime, okay, fine. It's as if she's running an experiment to see how hard she can make us wince. During uh, during her speech, she said, "I don't pick, put up with bullies, and when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels." <laughs> but she's she's a boss chick, a firecracker. You don't want to mess with her. Motherhood, marriage, and heritage don't overwhelm us because it doesn't. It's not really impressive. That's something that you know basic humans, do. It's part of our goals or matters. But she almost seems to want to run as Hillary Clinton 2.0. I exist, so vote for me. And we saw how that worked out for Hillary, and I'm sure it's not going to work out too much better for old, uh, for Nikki. But the more I look at this stuff, and the more I get out there, and I'm a boss chick, vote for me, all this other nonsense. Really? Nikki, is that the best you got? I mean, this is, this tells you right there that these guys are only as good as their staffs. Some of these guys have pretty good staff. Some of them don't. Some of them let them get away with stuff. One of the reasons I don't ever run for office, I'm never going to run for office, is because if I did, I would have to take the time and sit back and say, okay, consultant, what should I say today? Which is not that, you know, to me, that's almost sort of a that's that's a fraud that I'm trying to perpetrate on you. I'm trying to portray something other than who I am. And I think any political race has to give you a glimpse of who you are. And minus that, you know, in, in any first race I run, like Vivek Ramaswamy, all that anything could be based on is what I've s- said or done. <clears throat> and, yeah, I'm going to have to be honest to a certain degree but that's why i don't run <laughs> because it's all fraud in a lot of cases there's something called the c40 cities climate leadership group that sounds really impressive except it's really evil this is news talk 98.9 O R D, the voice of the carolinas